good afternoon. My computer just said I had poor wireless connection, so hopefully I don't. We shouldn't have poor wireless connection here. So today I'm really excited to bring this report to you because I am all about people getting well, people restoring their health, all those kind of good things. And so this is a report that kind of shocked me because I tend to think that we do things well here in the United States. I know everybody has room for improvement and we have room for improvement too. However, this report says that for the past 20 years, 20, 20 years, the United States has come last in healthcare objectives when compared to all of the other wealthy nations in the world. So I don't know if you knew that, I didn't know that. I don't always agree with everything that goes on in the medical world. However, that's not my purview. I always do holistic. But when I read this report, it said that the United States suffers the highest healthcare costs in the world with some of the lowest outcomes. Uh, that's, that's pretty sobering because we know how much healthcare costs here in the United States. Now, my late husband was British. And when we first got married, we lived in Scotland, and then we lived in England, and then we, we lived here in the United States. So I have a uh, personal experience of healthcare in England, and so I can compare, and the cost is just uh, amazing. I remember, um, I'm gonna give you a little bit too much information, but that's just kind of how it goes here. Right after I had gotten married, I developed a UTI, and I went to the doctor and I had to take this test and it was a couple of hundred dollars and the doctor said yes you've got a UTI um, blah 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 blah. tell me what to do about it and that was fine a couple years later I'm living in Scotland guess what I have a UTI so I go to the the doctor and the doctor says here pee on this stick and it was a it was a, a urine stick I mean it's just like this we have these and so I said what he said just go give me a urine sample and we're going to stick this in there we're going to see if you do have a, a bacterial infection and so i thought okay fine so i gave a urine sample he put the stick in he goes yeah you got bacteria in your urine so here's some antibiotics and it was like okay wait a minute wait a minute i had this last year in the united states they had to do a culture they had to do this they had to do that they had to do the other thing and now you're just letting me pee on a stick and you can tell me what the outcome is he goes yeah you have to understand in the United States, healthcare is for profit. Here in the UK, healthcare is not a for profit industry, and so we do things with a much less cost. And I thought, oh, well, I would much rather, you know, have that little dipstick, get my results immediately, than have to get a culture see what it's going to be, all that kind of thing. Suffice it to say that the medical model here in the United States is a for-profit industry, and so we're going to have different methodologies than some of the other wealthy nations there. So according to this report, it is from the Commonwealth Fund in early 2020. The United States spent nearly twice as much on healthcare as other wealthy nations, and they named them Australia, New Zealand, the United Kingdom, and Canada. Despite the high price tag, the United States saw the lowest life expectancy and the highest suicide rate in the world. 
That's that's not a good that's not a good outcome. Okay, the United States also suffers from the highest chronic disease burden with an obesity rate two times higher than the average in the other peer countries. Now, what are our peer countries? It are, it's the wealthy countries, Australia, the UK, uh, New Zealand, and Canada. So we are, our obesity rate is twice that of these other nations. Guys, that's not good. That is not good. Someone sent me a um, video I can't remember the doctor's name. I didn't pay any attention to his name, but I'm, you know, people send me stuff all the time. I try and honor them by listening and, and commenting if they ask me to comment on this particular thing. They said, what do you think about this? They sent me this video. It's about a 30-minute video. And this doctor is saying that in the United States, if we would change our lifestyle, if we would change our food and our food production, we would... Uh, take care of a lot of our chronic diseases. He said it all starts with lifestyle and diet. And so, of course, he's got my attention because that's exactly what we think. We think that if you change your lifestyle and you change your diet, that you're going to get better outcomes. And that's what this medical doctor here in the United States was saying. Now, this report comes from uh, Dr. Andrew Wheel. I've never heard that name pronounced, but I think that's how you pronounce it. I know of him, I follow him on social media and that kind of thing. I did not know that he was both a doctor, a medical doctor, and he was a botanist. Let me see if I can find his information. It is on one of my papers somewhere. Anyway, he is a professor at now. He used to be at Harvard, but now he's at the University in Arizona. I think it's the University of Arizona. I could be wrong on that. But he is a really good guy, medical guy, and he is saying if you change your lifestyle, if you change your eating, you're going to change your life and your health outcomes, and that is a fabulous thing. So it says, on top of those taxpayer dollars, Americans also spend more per capita of their own money than the citizens of any other country in the world except for Sweden, according to the latest analytics uh, from Statistica. All right, so where is all the money going? Well, the money is spent on drugs. A 2022 poll by the Kaiser Family Foundation found that 6 in 10 U.S. adults are taking at least one prescription, that 60% are taking at least one prescription medication, 25% are taking four or more. So, thankfully, I just want to say... Um, I'm in the zero percent. I take no prescriptions, so I'm excited about that. My Medicare people, because I, of course I'm old enough to be on Medicare now, my Medicare people have no idea how I can be Medicare age and be on no prescriptions. Well, I will just say it is because of my lifestyle and my diet choices that I am on no prescriptions. The rate of prescriptions rise as people age. One CDC report found that more than 40% of Americans 65 or older take five or more prescriptions and in the last uh, in the last 30 days, and that is a threefold increase from 
20 years ago. Yay, Velma, you're part of my tribe and I absolutely love you. I'm so proud of you that you're not having to take any kind of uh, medication. Uh, here's that information on Dr. Wheel. He's a professor of medicine and public health and a director of the Andrew Wheel Center for Integrative Medicine at the University of Arizona. That's where he is now, but he used to be in uh, Harvard University, all right? We pay more for drugs as well. Now, I don't know if you've done any kind of cost comparison. Um, I know that we can order, uh, depending on what insurance plan we have, we can order drugs from Canada. We can get a 90-day supply that is a whole lot cheaper than what we can order here in the United States. Why is that? That is because in the United States, we are a for-profit healthcare system, and that means that they're going to have a premium because of we're for profit, all right? In the United States in 2019, Americans spent more than $1,000 per person on prescription medications, spending about double what other countries, peer countries, spend. So why is that? That is because we have uh, big pharma, as I lovingly like to call them. They lobby our politicians. They lobby uh, for laws to be passed in their favor. They, there's a lot of money that, you know, I'm just telling you, there's a lot of money. When you see these peer review studies, a lot of these, you've got to find out who paid for it and where did the money go. Because a lot of these peer-reviewed studies, they get the stamp of approval because of the money that has changed hands. And so we don't want to do that. Despite spending more, Americans make fewer physician visits. And very few of these visits are actually spent talking to the doctor face-to-face. -face. Instead, patients are more likely to utilize expensive high-tech scans and specialized procedures compared to other counterparts of other wealthy nations. The trend is nothing new. The Commonwealth Fund regularly does an analysis comparing the healthcare systems of various nations, and America's appalling record has held strong for the past 20 years. Yes, Velma, I agree with you. Sickness should not be a commodity. We should not make money on people being sick. Now, I have a son-in-law who is a medical doctor in the UK. So I have these connections. I have real world, real world uh, experience here. And he came to the United States and he studied as part of his physician's training. I'm not sure exactly what the program was, but he came. People ask him, well, wouldn't you, you would make more money if you had stayed in America and practiced. And his comment was, I don't need to make money off of sick people. I'm in it to get people well, and I applaud that because that's exactly why we are in it, because we want to get people well, and so we're really, really excited about that. The article goes on to say that the past two years have only highlighted America's failing healthcare record. The United States saw the worst outbreak of the virus in the world despite spending other countries despite outspending in other countries in fighting the disease, okay? In 2021, uh, the virus pushed healthcare spending in the United States uh, to uh, pass for uh, trillion dollars. So why, why is that? Because we, we had all of these medical treatments and masks and all, those, all the things that we were paying for, and so that, that pushed the healthcare cost over $4 trillion. The average com com 
back up. The average consumer does not see any of this. Why is that? Because they are paying their insurance premium and a lot of these costs are hidden from them. Now, I will tell you, I went to a Truth About Cancer seminar some years ago, and these are, if you've never ever listened to them, they are awesome. These are medical doctors. Uh, most of them, I would say Western trained, so they do all the high-tech medicine. However, they have seen that high-tech uh, protocols aren't really working, and so they are doing other kind of integrative combinations, right? And so if you have cancer, know someone who has cancer, you want to listen to these doctors. But when I was at this seminar, uh, a medical doctor said, insurance is the absolute worst thing a person can have. And, of course, there were gasps all over the place. And he said, I'll tell you why. He said, because people pay a lot of money for insurance, but they will only do what the insurance approves for them to do with their dollars, and insurance will very rarely pay for lifestyle and um, food changes. They will very rarely pay for supplements, herbs, and that kind of things. And so he said, from a healthcare perspective, insurance was the absolute worst thing to have because insurance will drive your choices. And we see that all the time. People will call, they will ask if we take insurance, and they say no, and they will say, well, I, I need to spend my insurance, you know, I need to have my insurance cover this, and insurance won't cover this. Why won't insurance cover this? Well, I don't really know. I do know that medical doctors have to prescribe standard of care. Your insurance, their insurance, their malpractice insurance will only cover them if they do standard of care. Now, standard of care means anybody with the same disease gets the same protocol, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, whatever, whether you're male, female, old, young, whatever, you get the same protocol. We don't do that in holistic medicine. We look at the person. We uh, deal with the person as an individual. Why? Because they are an individual and what might work for patient B over here is not going to work for patient C over here because they come to the table with different things. And so holistic medicine looks at it a whole lot differently. So if we had insurance, insurance would probably want to dictate quote unquote standard of care and we would lose our ability to be effective because part of our effectiveness is in that we look at you as an individual, we ask your body what your body needs, your body tells us what it needs, we supply that and guess what? you get well. We are not in the disease business. We are in the recovery of health business. And so that's a, that's a, a big difference. Uh, when you go to your medical doctors, and I'm glad we have medical doctors. Don't get me wrong. I am so glad we have medical doctors. They're going to look at your symptoms. They're going to label it. They're going to give you a drug. If I have a label, I know what to do holistically. Sometimes I don't have a label. And then it's, you know, we have to kind of see what your body tells us. So I want to tell you this story because it is amazing. We had a gentleman call us about three weeks ago. He had heard that we were really, really good with kidney issues. And we are good with kidney issues. We're good with a lot of issues. And he called us and he said, I am supposed to go tomorrow to have a port placed in my body because I am in kidney failure and I have to start dialysis. I don't want to start dialysis. 
However, I don't know that there's an option. Have you seen this before? Can you help me? And I said, absolutely. I gave him some statistics of what we had seen before. He canceled his surgical procedure and he came to see me. Okay, so yay. I was excited about that. You, last Friday, so it's been within three weeks, okay, so just listen to this. Last Friday, they did his blood work. He had 12 markers move into a positive range. His kidney function improved significantly. It did not decrease. It improved. His doctor asked him, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm working with a holistic doc and she's given me all this stuff. And he showed him what I had given him. And the doctor said, I have never seen this kind of response in this short of time. You continue to do whatever she tells you to do. So, I mean, I am just so excited because we have been able to educate this gentleman. He's been able to take control of his body. He's been able to do what we've asked him to do. And within three weeks, he has measurable results that are showing him that what he is doing is working. So that's what a holistic practitioner will do. And so this is why I am in agreement with this article that says if you change your lifestyle, change your food, then you're going to do better. Now, all of the supplements that a good holistic practitioner will ask you to take are food-based. Okay, and so what we're finding a lot of time is people are not getting the nutrition that they need through the food that they are eating. And so they have to supplement in order for the body to have the raw materials that it needs in order to bring healing to that. Now, we get those results regularly. I'm thankful, I'm grateful, you know, we pray for all of our patients every day, we, we believe for healing strategies that come from heaven, okay, I'm just going to put that out there, and we get the results that, that are good, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to do that, alright? So, we're talking about Americans and how much money they spend. Americans will either pay out of pocket for health care or go without, while other nations have universal health care insurance. More than 31 million Americans, nearly 10% of the entire population, have no health insurance, according to a February 22 report from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. All right. Now, this does not include people, or this number does not include people that are on Medicaid and Medicare. All right, so those people are insured. It is federal insurance. They may not be paying anything out of their pocket, but they are insured. So there's 31 million people in the United States that have zero health care coverage. And I think, that's, I, th I think that's not good because I think if people had health care coverage, that it would be better for them. So according to Dr. Wheel, our money would go a whole lot further if we gave natural medicine a chance. And this is his comment, and this is a quote. I think this is the future. Things have to move in this direction. Wheel is best known for his many books and articles discussing subjects such as medication, meditation, an anti-inflammatory diet, and physical exercise as viable pathways to optimal health. And we absolutely agree with that. He has been an advocate for natural remedies since the very beginning of his very long career. Now, he started 
in the 1960s, and he's got two degrees, as I told you, from Harvard. One is in medicine and one is in botany. We already went over that. So he is very, very educated, and since 1960 to now, and he's still around, and he's still saying the same thing, he has all of the real world experience in the medical field to show what people need to be doing. So, quote, the demand for this kind of training and information has steadily grown, holistic uh, information. It may in part be due to the consequences of conventional care. In a 2016 John Hopkins University study, it estimated that approximately 250,000 people die per year. 250,000 people, that's a quarter of a million people, die per year due to medical errors that happen either in the doctor's office or in the hospital. That amounts to approximately two fully loaded 747 jets crashing with no survivors every day. That's a lot of people, okay? That is a lot of people. A quarter of a million people every year die from medical errors either in the doctor's office, pharmacy, or in the hospital, okay? In a study published by the British British Medical Journal estimated that outpatient diagnostic errors, outpatient diagnostic errors, you go to your doctor, affect about 5.6% um, or approximately 12 million U.S. adults every year, okay? I'll just tell you, my dad is in the hospital, and so I don't really want to go into all of that. His blood work is resolving and things are getting better, however... His um, family, our family, his wife, was given information earlier this week that was totally incorrect. And so it did not hurt him, right? It was incorrect in the wrong way. They had diagnosed him with something that he didn't have. So it was good, but it's still a medical error, okay? We don't want to be prone to that. And no, we don't want to be any in that, any 5% of that. Natural medicine has been around since forever, and the interest in these methods among the public has increased significantly since the 1970s. Now, a lot of people think that people that practice natural medicine are hippies, right? And they think that they're uneducated. And I will just tell you, I belong to a lot of professional organizations, and all of the people do holistic medicine, and they are all extremely educated, and they continue to increase their education all the time. So if that, if that is your thought process of people that follow a healthy diet and do herbs and supplements, that they are from the hippie generation and they're not educated, I just want to put you... Uh, put, put your mind at ease about that because most of them are very, very educated. I have a colleague who has four, okay, doctorate degrees and uh, using essential oil as medicine. So, you know, you can't say there's anything hippy-dippy about us because we're very, very educated and that makes all the difference. All right, since more and more doctors are now gravitating toward this approach, holistic approach, why hasn't the healthcare system followed along? Well, the most powerful reason they haven't is because of the lobbying, as we said earlier, okay? It is a powerful, the lobbyists are powerfully invested in controlling the system because it is a for-profit 
system, okay? I saw some statistics a few years ago. I did not screenshot them. I did, if, I, if I had them, I've misplaced them. But it showed the pension fund, the money market pension funds of our United States politicians. And every single industry in those pension funds, in those money market funds, was connected to a pharmaceutical company. So our politicians, who we pay very, very well, and we pay them for life, their benefits are tied to pharmaceutical use and pharmaceutical sales. If our pharmaceutical uh, companies would fail, if they would, and I don't want any company to fail. Don't get, don't get me going in that direction. That's not what I'm saying. If they were to fail, then you would have a cascade of events that would fall as well because our healthcare system is a for-profit system. In other countries, cancer is cured all the time. Why is it not cured here in the United States? So I'll give you some statistics. MD Anderson, which is the premier cancer hospital here in the Houston area, they have a cure rate of 0.25%, right? So if you have cancer and you do traditional Western medicine at our premier hospital, your cure rate is 0.25%. So is that the odds that you want to, to deal with, all right? Cancer is not cured in the United States because cancer is a big money-making uh, industry. Um, I don't know if you know this, but chemotherapy drugs are not regulated by the uh, FDA or whoever regulates them. I don't know who does regulate them, but your doctor, your oncologist can charge whatever he wants to charge for chemotherapy drugs, or at least that is the way it used to be. If that has changed, then I have not been informed of that. And so you see regularly on these documentary programs that this particular doctor was found guilty of fraud because he had diagnosed all these people with cancer and they were doing all these uh, chemotherapy treatments and they never had cancer to begin with. You've seen them, I've seen them. Well, that is why, because it is a for-profit situation. All right, um, as it now stands here in the United States, the healthcare system is built to incentivize drugs and procedures over the holistic strategies such as counseling patients to eat better and adopt healthier habits. This dynamic has a huge influence on how we address our health concerns for both patients and physicians alike. And my time is gone and I have tons of other information I wanted to tell you today. So if you have found this helpful, if you have found this interesting, we can continue this next week. Let me know in the comments because I'm happy to uh, continue to talk about this. We need to make better choices. We need to talk to our representatives, and I do. I talk to my state representatives, I talk to my federal representatives, and I tell them as a holistic healthcare practitioner, this is what we need to have happen in the United States. Okay, so this is what we need to do. But I can't be the Lone Ranger doing that. We all need to do that. Why? Because all of our health is um, 
tied to each other. If our environment is dirty, if our food supply is dirty, and our food supply is dirty, I'm just telling you that. If we don't have enough grassroots people saying the same thing, then we're not going to affect those changes that we need to. So we're going to come back next week. If you have some specific questions that you want to know about our healthcare system, let me know. Pop them in the box, and we'll come back to this next week. Thank you for honoring us with your presence and listening and sharing and doing all the things that you do. Okay, I appreciate that, and I will talk to you next week at the same time. Um, it is the weekend. Take care of yourself replenish, rest, get into that parasympathetic dominant state, right? Because that's how your body recharges and recovers, and that's what it's all about. So this is part one of why America is at the bottom of the heap in healthcare outcomes. And I will talk to you soon. Take care.